Hello, hello. You are tuning into a brand new episode of Tipod. And today we are super honored and blessed to be joined by the Brittany Keeling. Brittany is the CEO of Be Elevated Inc. And this team, y'all, it maps out every single little detail of their client's launch offer from the conversion event all the way to client onboarding. And then they execute on it. They work through their proven four-phrase framework to ensure a streamlined and thorough white glove experience every time, all within seven days. Y'all, FYI, if you don't know, Brittany herself has been the queen of launches for some time. So this transition with Be Elevated Inc. was so incredible to watch. I was so excited, like cheering her on from the rooftops the entire time. And I'm just super, super excited to have her here to really feed into this community with all of the goodness that she brings to the table. Hello, my friend, it's Tiana Tai, Team Dynamics Consultant and trained industrial organizational psychologist, helping you to become a better leader than your last boss. And right now, you are tuning in to the go-to podcast for entrepreneurs building and leading teams, hiring, onboarding, management, or maybe you just want some general advice about building your business. Well, let me assure you, you are in the right place. So go ahead, crack open a fresh notebook because you are listening to Tipod. I've got to take just a quick second to ask you for a serious bit of support. Tipod would not be possible without your reviews, your comments, and just all of the positive feedback that we've been receiving so far. So if you haven't already, please go on, hit subscribe to make sure you're not missing out on any of this good and free content, and also be sure to leave a review. You may think that I'm not looking at them, but I swear to you, my friend, I read every single review and it just makes my heart so happy. So if you haven't already done so, Hit pause, leave a review, and then let's get back to the goodness. So, Brittany, before I continue to ramble on about you as I do with all of our lovely guests, I would love to turn it over to you and have you introduce yourself to the audience. Yeah, thank you so much for that intro. That's so kind of you. And it's been a really interesting journey, to say the least. Um, So I actually... A little bit about my backstory and how I got to where I am. I have been somewhat of a serial entrepreneur uh, ever since I graduated high school. I dropped out of college, was just kind of bouncing from business to business, just trying to figure out life as we all do. Uh, And uh, around the end of 2018, I was like, okay, I don't really like the industry I'm in. I want to work for myself, but I'm not sure what I want to do. And so I started asking everybody I knew, you know, hey, what, do, what am I good at? What do you think of when you think of me? What are my strengths? And everyone came back and said the exact same thing of like, you're really type A, you're really detail oriented, you're great at helping people reach their goals, you're great at just making things happen, so on and so forth. And so I thought to myself, okay, this is true. I just never realized it because you know how we all think that everyone's brain works the same way ours does. Didn't realize that that was not something that came natural to everyone. So I decided I was going to shift. And right as I was making that decision, my dad actually passed away unexpectedly at the beginning of 2019. So 
My dad was an entrepreneur. He owned a business. I had actually worked in his business before because the year prior, my aunt, who was his office manager, had passed away unexpectedly and I stepped in. So when he passed away, I was just like, okay, here we go. So mm-hmm. I decided to put my business on hold, take over his company, um, and figure it out. <laughs> so learned very quickly that everything truly is figure outable. Um, but it was rough because my dad didn't have any systems or processes or anything like that in place. Uh, it was very difficult to jump into when there were a lot of things that nobody had the answers to. And a lot of it sucked. I mean, honestly, just to be candid, it was really, really rough. But I, you know, someone had to do it. So I just did the best I could. Fast forward, we sold the business. Um, and I was able to relaunch my business. And it just took off. I mean, it was such a cool experience. Because at that point, I was so clear on what I needed to help other business owners do. You know, I, I launched what initially was an online business management business. And I just knew I wanted to help other entrepreneurs build something that was going to outlast and outlive them. Nobody starts a business to work as hard as we do just for it to crumble the second we walk away. And I always stress to people, you know, it's not if you have to step away, it's when, because whether it's something unexpected, like you get sick or a family emergency or something like that, or something fun, like a vacation at at some point, you're going to want to step away from your business and it needs to keep running. So that's how I got started, hit the ground running within four months. I was booked out. I brought on uh, a team and I think within six or eight months of starting my business, we had about eight team members at our peak. It was wild. Yes. (laughs) So I did some soul searching and we did some recalibrating and I realized that I had sort of almost created this monster that was the opposite of what I was trying to help other people do. Mm. I was having to be on all the time in order for it to run. So yeah, I, I just really like rooted into what I knew, one, I was good at, two, it was a need that wasn't being met and it's evolved into something super cool. So um, yeah, like you were mentioning, Tiana, we uh, do a very unique approach to launching. So the way that we work with clients now, it's not just launch the port, it's a seven day package. So we do everything for their conversion event, their open cart, like all the things involved, their marketing materials, their, their funnels, their onboarding, all of the things within a seven day span. And I truthfully don't know anybody else in our industry who does that, mm-hmm. uh, much less at the, you know, not only the speed, but the quality that we do it at. We take such pride in our work. It's so important to me that we really over deliver every time. And so it's been really cool to step into this season of, of really being that like industry disruptor. And we've shifted everything. We've shifted offers. I let go of all of our OBM clients before I had even launched this offer. I just knew it was right. And And then we shifted teams. So now we have less team members, but instead of a bunch of different contractors. I've got a full-time employee, a part-time employee. And then I think that leaves us with 
three contractors right now. And my intention moving forward is to just keep bringing on employees because of our business model. So that's kind of been the wild ride of, of my entrepreneurial journey thus far. What a ride. First of all, thank you for sharing that with us. And I wanted to highlight the part that like that. I'm, I don't ever like make quotes out of the things people say I really should, but we don't as a team. And when you said it's not if, it's when, that right there, I feel like you're so right. So many people don't emphasize the fact that no matter what, like everything can be going fantastic and you still are going to step away at some point. So that piece right there, I was like, Yes, actually, Brittany is onto everything when she says that. Um, what I'm starting to, excuse me, I'm starting to think about like the difference between those two business models, right? So the, the OBM agency that you opened up and super successful, which is something I want to highlight for everybody listening. It was a monster, but it was a successful monster. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yes. the audacity. In, the, in a good way, the audacity to kind of just like be like, actually, heck no, I'm going to close these doors. I'm going to launch something that I truly believe in. I'm so curious, aside from just like bringing on the employees, what other shifts in the business model and the way that you guys are operating is really making it feel a lot different and a lot more manageable for you as the leader? Yes, it's been so drastic, which is crazy to think just how much has shifted. I just made this shift back in, I want to say September is when we signed our first client, September of 2020. So it's really only been a few months, but it feels like so much longer. But I like literally had six weeks before my wedding, which was at the end of August, I had like a come to Jesus moment where I was like, I can't do this anymore. I called my husband, my fiance at the time and was like, Hey, I'm going to let go of all my clients. Are you going to be cool if I don't make any money for like, who knows how long? Casual. No big deal. (laughs) And he was like, uh, I was like, you know, I'm not just letting them go to do nothing. I have a plan, but I don't know how long it's going to take for this new plan to take off. And he was like, I trust you do your thing. So really grateful to have that support. But yeah, so what I was finding with the old business model, we just had a retainer agency. We kind of were a Jack and Jill of all trades. We just did anything and everything that the clients requested. And what ended up happening is, you know, at some point with that kind of model, we're essentially doing VA work, OBM work, copywriting, design, really everything. And so it's difficult with the hourly kind of model to really charge enough to actually be able to cover all of your expenses and pay yourself. Mm -hmm. And so I was, every time I signed a client, I was noticing that, okay, more revenue was coming into the business, but it did not affect my paycheck by a single penny. (laughs) So Mm. I, what we did differently was I kind of took an assessment and I talked to one of my my team members who was in a leadership position at the time. And we kind of figured out what wasn't working. And th- that didn't take a lot of digging because we do like bi-weekly team reflections. And the biggest thing that came up every single time of like, what's not working is like, we're not getting stuff from the clients that we need. <laughs> you know, we yeah. we're requesting all this info. They're not getting it back to us or they're saying they're going to get back to us on Thursday and then we don't get it for three more weeks. And then we have to push all of our deadlines. And it was so draining. And so I was like, okay, we're great at launching. We can do that really well, but I don't want to have to 
wait on the clients for everything. And so I was, I, you know, the done in a day, like VIP day sort of style of working has become more popular at this point mm-hmm. in time. So I was like, all right, well, I can't do a launch in a day, right. but maybe I can do a launch in a week. <laughs> and I started You're all crazy, by the I, way. <laughs> yeah, it totally is. I started thinking about it and was like, can I do this? How can I do this? And so basically what I ended up doing was putting together you know, sort of a mock-up of like how this could work, what the inclusions would be. And of course I was like, this is how much time it will take from the team. Took like Mm -hmm. four times the amount I expected because it's a ton of work, but it was really cool where I just decided, okay, here's, you know, I don't want to do ongoing, unlimited, whatever you need kind of work retainers anymore. I want to serve clients at a high level. I was doing launch intensives at that point, but it was no work execution. It was just strategy. And it was like really unfulfilling for me. I like wanted to see things all the way through. And so this was like what we, we came to be. And so it was like, we can get all of the information we need on the front end. We literally work with one client at a time, like one client per week as the team grows. I'm sure that will increase. But it is so cool because we get to give one person our undivided attention for a one-week span, and we have a very thorough system and process with, like, internally within the team. Everyone knows their role. Everyone knows their deadlines. And it's been described as, like, passing the baton from our team members. Um, And it's really cool. And then the clients are always just so blown away. I get a lot of, like, you can do that when I tell people what we do. And so it's really cool. And we just, you know, it's, it's super fulfilling to be able to hit our deadlines the way we want to, because we have the information on the front end and then also close out a project before starting something new, as opposed to with the old business model, it just felt like everything was getting pushed off forever and ever and ever. Nothing ever finished. It was really frustrating. Um, and it's been a super cool experience. Yes. I see what you're saying about like that actually being able to execute piece. It's like much more, not instant gratification, but it's much more immediate. So I get that. Love it. So what is striking me, like as somebody who's launched before, I'm sitting here thinking about what it would feel like to like be in your client's shoes, which one day I may actually know, hint, hint. But I'm sitting here thinking about it and I'm like, hmm, what is striking me the most is if I were to, you know, have a firm like you guys put together a full-on launch for me in a week, I'm going to be ahead. Mm-hmm. And that alone feels like it shouldn't be, but that feels revolutionary. Because as you know, like most of us, as much as, look, I get it, like we all tried to plan ahead. The new year just passed and we all did like those massive planning templates and we did quarterly plans and monthly plans and all the things. But inevitably, especially for like solopreneurs or entrepreneurs with very small teams, just something that I've just noticed talking to everybody is we all get behind. (laughs) No matter how pure our planning was, we tend to get behind. So I'm so curious about like what your experience has been being able to hand these things over. And now people are like, what do you mean all of my launch materials are done and we're not launching for a month or two months or three months or what have you? Like, what is that like for them? And why do you think it's so important? Yeah, so many people operate out of this reactive space. And something that I've noticed in both 
growing my business at a very rapid pace, as well as working with other businesses that are growing very rapidly, is that you can probably get to like a six figure, maybe multiple six figure business, just kind of flying by the seat of your pants and, and operating sort of reactively like that. But you can't get to a seven figure and beyond business operating in that way. You have to know what's coming. And I use this example. I always tell people, I'm like, do you think Apple wakes up one day and is like, in two weeks, we're going to launch a new product? No way. No. (laughs) No way, right? So why do we think we can? We are running a business. And I know there's so much talk of like, you know, you're running a business, not a hobby, like be the CEO. But those same people, I think, don't really realize that in running a business, yes, you get to make the decisions, but you need to be getting more ahead. So um. In order to even have like, yes, we have the seven day launch, but truthfully, in order for people to get the most out of it, I really recommend that they do the launch intensive launch package, I should say one to two months prior to their launch, because Mm. it takes intentionality, right? So I think the biggest thing when it comes to planning and getting ahead is like knowing what's coming. I always say like, you should try to at least know what's happening within the next quarter. Because let's say, you know, in three months you have a launch. Well, you probably need to spend about 60 days, 30 to 60 days warming your audience up for that. So you need a full three months to understand and also to let the data drive you. So something that I think in this space, is so interesting. I don't have a corporate background. So, you know, take this with a grain of salt. But I, from what I've been able to tell, it's like the people with corporate backgrounds really do have a much better understanding of how to utilize data. And what we see in the online space is, yes, a lot of the, it's a lot of the feminine energy. So like, yes, that stuff's important, like manifesting and, and setting your intentions with your goals. And yes, anything is possible. But we can really set ourselves up for disappointment if we don't know how to understand the numbers to back that up. So, yeah. Yeah. So, purely. I'm just like, yeah, she's right. <laughs> totally. So I, I, something that's really important is, is giving yourself the time to get ahead because let's say three months out from your launch, you're like, well, this is how much money I want to make. We do the, you know, the reverse engineering, figuring it out, your conversion rates, blah, blah, blah. And we then we know, okay, we're going to need 200 units sold to get to that goal. Well, if you're converting at 10%, then you need 2,000 warm leads. If you figure that out the week before your launch, you have no time to do anything about it if you have mm-hmm. 700 current warm leads. So getting ahead really helps just... If nothing else, it helps guide you in what your actions and focus should be for the next few months leading up to that launch to know, okay, we need to do more lead gen. We need to get on podcasts. We need to do some PR, media features, like whatever that looks like. But if you don't know, how do you know where to set your intentions and like where to put your energy and focus? I have to take a moment to thank the sponsor of today's episode, Primally Pure. Y'all, I'm not going to get too deep into this, but I've tried a lot of natural deodorants and my husband disapproves of 99.9% of them. 
but not my new Primally Pure Charcoal Deodorant. I have been so excited to share this with you because I have been testing it myself for three full months before I decided that it was worth sharing. This is absolutely my hands-down favorite natural deodorant, and I've tried at least five or six brands by now. And even better, it can be your new favorite too. You can get your next order for 10% off by using the code TIANA10. That's right, T-I-A-N-N-A-1-0, and you're on your way to your new favorite deodorant. And hopefully your significant other will approve of this one. (laughs) That's so right. And I love that you started bringing up like the data component of this. I'll say like, most people, I don't think it's just me. I do think it's most people who don't have a background in like sales and marketing and whatnot, even us corporate gals. I have a background in collecting all different types of like psychometric data. But when it came to understanding my conversion rate, I was like, uh, what? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and so I'm curious, can you break down for us just a couple more tips around like the data component of things, things that people should be looking out for or seeking an expert like you to be like, ma'am, this is what we need to know before we even start. Yeah, totally. So something I would say like the simplest place to start is like take an inventory of your warm lead pool. So this is not going to be your entire email list. This is not going to be your entire social media following. These are like your active email subscribers. And maybe you even have them segmented to certain offers that they're interested in. Mm -hmm. But your, your active subscribers are going to be much lower than your total subscribers. That's totally normal just how it is. It's going to be the people you interact with regularly in the DMs, the people who are watching your stories, the people who are maybe in your Facebook group, if you have one, or just interacting with you on different platforms and different mediums and whatnot. From there, it's going to give you a really good baseline to understand things. So for a live launch, we really want to see like a five to 10% conversion rate, ideally, from your warm audience. If it's higher than that, even better. But that's like kind of the minimum we would love to see. So a lot of people come to me and say, I want to get 200 people to join or 100 people to join. And in your mind, you're looking at your audience going, well, you know, I've got like 500 people in my audience. So if I can totally, um, I can totally get a hundred of those people to buy. But when we start looking at it, like, well, if you have a 10% conversion rate, actually, we really need to get like 2000 people into your conversion event. And when I say that, I get a lot of like deer in the headlights. Yeah. Wide eyed look. (laughs) But it's, it's that kind of understanding that is really helpful. I think, I think knowledge is power. And being able to understand that while you may still hit that goal, totally, but you're gonna have to hustle for it. We're gonna have to do, you know, really strategize around this, especially if it's an organic launch and you're not utilizing ads. And so knowing, you need to know, I will say, you need to know where you are and you need to know where you're going. And I'm talking numbers here. So you need to know my audience is this size and where I'm going is I want, this is my goal. And in order to reach that at the rough conversion rate that we are expecting, I'm going to need this amount of leads. And then I always say like, let it, let it be your GPS, right? You have to know where you are and where you're going to figure out the best path to get there, like a GPS. So that's the easiest place to start is just figuring out those numbers and then using that as a tool um, to guide you from there. 
Yeah. And decide, like you said, how much work we're going to have to do to get that the warm leads to where they need to be. Right. I love what you brought up about the fact that if you figure out, because I've done this, by the way, full, full transparency, I've totally done it, where you figure out these numbers and you figure them out like two weeks before you actually plan to do your launch. (laughs) Because I did the same thing. And then I was looking around like, oh, my goal is no longer realistic. Dang. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yes. And I say all of this very humbly because I have had many a failed launch (laughs) throughout my entrepreneurial journey. So I know what it feels like. And I've experienced all of this myself too. So it's like, it's totally normal, but it wasn't until I started being able to make those shifts and really start thinking 12 steps ahead instead of just maybe one or two that everything changes. Mm, I love it. I'm I'm trying to think like, what does the person listening to us right now really want to know? I have a very simple question, actually. So earlier we spoke about really stepping out, looking, you know, big picture and taking inventory of what you want to happen over the next quarter. So kind of think a quarter ahead, right? I'm curious, do you have a ideology around how many launches should be happening a year? Because I know I've heard some people have very strong perspectives on that. Yeah, that's a really good question. I would say roughly one launch per quarter. So about four a year. Um, You can, depending on your offer and how you go about it, maybe push that a little bit farther, um, maybe do five or six. But if you're going for quality over quantity and uh, you're looking for those bigger launches, usually one per quarter is a really good place to be. So good to know. I'm sure someone out here appreciated that. So before we start wrapping up, we got to squeeze all the goodness we can out of you, ma'am. I'm curious, is there anything you wish I would have asked you? Anything about launching or preparing your business or looking at things long term that you really want to share with everyone? I would love to share. I think it's easy to go, you know, you need to look at what's happening over the next quarter. But I would love to share a little bit about like, how do you even get there? Yeah. Um, So something that's been really helpful is actually cultivating like a long-term vision. So however that looks like for you, maybe it's five years, maybe it's 10 years, maybe it's 20 years, but really knowing like, where are you headed? What is the vision for the company? And then from there, you can create like a one-year plan. And that one year of like, where do we want to be in one year? That's what's going to guide you of how to operate through each quarter. Mm. That's a really, really good point. Look, let's get even longer term. That's what the woman told us. Yes. <laughs> well, I, you, totally. You don't have to have a whole year planned, but you do at least kind of know, need to know what is the goal? Like, where are you trying to be in one year? Because if you're not intentionally working towards that over each quarter, trust me, it is so easy. And I say this as as someone who loves to jump on all of my ideas immediately, but it's so easy to lose track of, Hey, what's actually the most important right here, right now. Can we push this to next quarter or does it need to be implemented now? It's so easy to just keep piling stuff on the plate and then totally lose track of like what you were even working on in the first place. Absolutely. And I think something I've seen for newer business owners who are kind of like building out that product or offer suite or what have you a big part of what you just said is also like making sure it's serving your clients in the right order. Because I had, look, 
y'all don't even know half of the things up here and like on my walls right now, but I've had some ideas where legitimately for my clientele, it just did not make sense. So I've had to sit on them for a year. Side note, they come in between 2021, 2022, but things long-term and like really figuring out where the clientele is right now versus where they're going to be and whatnot. That was another perspective that really, really helped because it was like, as much as I'm itching to bring this thing to life, it does not make sense right now. It does not serve my clients. So if I start digging into it, I'm just going to be distracted with the wrong thing. So amen, ma'am. Absolutely. Yeah, I love that. That's so true. I would love it, love it, love it. If you would share where everyone can connect with you, because I've heard you speak a gazillion times. This was literally the tip of the iceberg of your genius. So the people need to know where they can find you. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm really active on Instagram. You can find me at Brittany Annette. I'm sure it will probably be linked as well. Um, My company Instagram is at the elevated Inc. We aren't super active there, but we are in the process of reviving it. So it will be (laughs) coming active again soon. Um, And then I also have a free Facebook group where I go live every week for trainings. It's called Streamline and Scale Your Online Business. And if you're curious, want to know more about our offers, what we do, courses, how we can help you, um, you can check out my website, beelevatedinc.com. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much, ma'am, for like feeding in and serving the Tide Pod community today. So greatly appreciated. We all are about to get out our sticky pads and our whiteboards and start thinking long-term because of you. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Yes, I could do this all day long. It's my favorite. So, um, you know, if any of your listeners also have any further questions or anything, my DMs are always open and I'm a talker. So I would love to hear from you. Y'all go chat with her. You heard the woman. (laughs) Brittany, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you.